0: Thirsty and thirty. Hi to our thirsty listeners. This is Bea, one half of the duo of Thirsty and Thirty, a blind leading the blind chat show on smarter love. Our goal here is to help you improve your relationship with yourself and others. You see, Shari and I have already made the mistakes so you don't have to. We are actually on episode 27 with Luke West. He runs the podcast The Imperfect Pod, which centers around the vulnerability of men. In our episode, we talk about the foundation of good conversation and how not to be torpe, which is the Filipino word for shy. We hope you'll learn a thing or two in this conversation.
1: Good evening to our very dateable crowd. I really like that spade, yeah, a dateable word. <gasps>
2: Shari, I like that you like the word dateable. I mean, that's what we're trying to put like, out there. I like dateable and
1: hashtag wife material.
2: <laughs> <laughs> From dateable to wife material yep. to what? To mom,
1: that's
2: it. Sexy mama. Whatever it is. <laughs> okay, so I am Bea, your other host for this podcast. So tonight's episode was actually a theory that Shari and I had. We were wondering why dating became so challenging when the pandemic hit. And... You know, you have to admit, like, we took out the dates, we took out the physical contact, and dating really became a challenge, don't you think, Shari?
1: 100%. 100%. A
2: lot of people actually asked me, How am I supposed to meet one? The one. Or how am, yeah, or how am I supposed to meet people? It seemed like kind of a dead end. I, I don't know. Last year was like, Do you meet people through Zoom, through yeah. webinars, I, well, through Facebook? Where? Well,
1: this kind of takes me back to our first episode. Remember I said um, the virtual world's cleavage is your brain. And I mean, we're not really usually trained to have good conversation with people. Usually you're like the flirty band you like, I don't know, wink at people. I don't know how you flirt in real life. <laughs> so um, our theory is you wear a different kind of hat when dating, you'll remove your worries, Think about this as those power moves that people do before a big speech. Do you do power moves before you talk to people, or do you rehearse before before a phone call? Do you rehearse?
2: Um, uh, Maybe when I was younger, I would. Now it's like just breathe and try to think before you speak. That's my main motto now, but before, I would definitely do the whole, have you seen that kid meme where people, that like kid was like affirming herself in the mirror, like, I am wonderful, yes, yes, yes. I am amazing. I would do that yes. when I was younger. Now it's just like, breathe, don't say anything stupid. So, yeah. So,
1: it is kind of rehearsed-ish, but yeah. yeah. So, I the night yeah, so no. tonight we'll learn how to date like a podcaster. So tiny favor, guys, share this live stream with your friends or start a watch party or whatever you young people do. Um, <laughs> so we can all learn together. <laughs> Are
2: we not young? <laughs> Wait, I okay. Don't know. So I just wanted to say that our guest tonight. I met him through, uh, I guess, podcasting school. <laughs> uh, we do a program called Beyond Deck um, Podcasting Fellowship. His name is Luke West, and he is based in Toronto. He is a conference producer with Genesis, where he works with C-suite executives of Fortune 500 companies. Uh, he has—this is what's amazing to me—he has three different podcasts. Maybe we can ask advice and how he gets together. Um, but one that I really love is the Imperfect Pod, which is all about discussing masculinity and manhood with more purpose and intention. And you know what? There's a lot of fun facts about it. Maybe I'll just get him to reel it off later. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's bring him in because usually I'm going to say why.
1: Hi, Lou. Hello.
3: <laughs> Hello. I don't know if I have many fun facts about myself. I don't consider them fun, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> okay, but I do have, have a question. Bay said you had three different podcasts. Mm-hmm. Are they like mm-hmm. children or do you have a favorite?
3: I, I definitely have a favorite. It would be the imperfect pod. Um, that's the one I started with. That's my baby. That's the one I want to take like really far. Uh, so that would definitely be my my uh, my favorite, favorite child. child. Yeah.
2: yeah, I have
3: no shame about well,
2: that. <laughs> you know, Luke, when I first saw your podcast, I was. It's very common among women that com- we complain about men. You know, men are men, or like we we consider male uh, species to be very complicated and cold and (laughs) lack of um, emotional response so when you said yeah so when imperfect pod like showed about vulnerability I was pretty interested because you interview experts porn stars CEOs a range of really cool people so you're I guess the perfect person to ask about good conversation not the cold kind or the cutthroat kind just Mm -hmm. the real
3: yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that, and um, I would say the same thing about women. You know, we are confused about what women. Women are a complex thing. We don't understand why there's so many times where you come to us with with problems, and men are always in like solving mode right like we're always in okay what are you doing to solve that problem that we we don't actually like just shut up and listen so we Mm -hmm. it it works that way too that's why i had i did a two parter on uh dating as as a young man and dating as a young woman uh because that's actually one of my my more popular episodes because i think a lot of guys are are trying to figure out how to date women and a lot of women are trying to figure out how to date young men i
1: should listen to that
3: (laughs) episode 43
1: What's my top three from those episodes? Two. Oh,
3: no, those top,
2: top three from those episodes. Um,
3: top three. So from the one I did with a guy, uh, there's this like nice guy complex, right? That a lot of young dudes have. It's like, oh, I'm a nice guy. Why is this girl going for this asshole? Um, and and they they put the pressure on. They they make a judgment of her character based on her judgment of this other guy's character. When a lot of the times you could be a nice guy, you could be right. But most guy mm-hmm. nice, nice guys aren't really self-proclaimed. And the real choice and the real difference there is that you never asked her out. You can hang out with a girl all you want, but if you never make your intentions, known, if you never make your communication and, and uh, intentions pure, then you're to me, like that's why you didn't get the date. It's not because you're a nice guy. And this other dudes not, it's because you didn't communicate your intentions. That's a huge one. Um, two with, within that same realm is um, a lot of guys are only nice to get with the girl. And then if they turn them down, they're complete assholes. Like they take it as a, it's a huge insecurity. It's a huge problem that needs to stop for them. And I'm in a, like a nice guys, Reddit s- subreddit too. And it's a lot, it's just making fun of these self-proclaimed nice guys. And, and um it's pretty true. It's pretty accurate. I've seen some of those things. I've been one of those guys when I was like in high school. Like I can I can call myself out on that. That I used to be like, why is this girl dating this asshole and, and not me? I'm such a nice guy. Well, Luke, you never asked her out. And <laughs> that was the real problem there. Um, in terms of my interview with the woman, we talked a lot about paying on the first date. Mm. And I I think it's I, I saw so this is my stance on it. I will pay for the first date. I'll, I'm fine with that. I'll pay for it, You're whatever. But I, if like <laughs> so she fine. offers, if she offers, I'll say, you know, no, I got it. And if she offers again, I'll let her do it. Cause in, I don't know how it is in, in the Philippines, but in North America, there's a lot of um, like equality talk and a lot of uh, fem- feminism talk and a lot of women, it really depends on the personal stance of, okay. Cause they've been on dates where they think. Or where the guy thinks if, if the guy pays for the first date, he'll want sex. And so women would rather not have that conversation, so they'll just pay for themselves. I'm fine. Like whatever their intention behind paying for themselves is, I'm mm. fine with that. So mm. I never really push back too hard. I, I always go in expecting that I'll pay. But if they push back hard that they're going to pay, I, I'm, I'm fine with that because, it I mean, it, it really is different for each woman that I've, that I've dated or, or been okay. on dates with.
1: Okay. So speaking of good conversation, I want to kind of jump in our topic by opening it with um, an an anonymous letter. So Luke, we would like your advice, or this person would like your advice. So guys, here it is. Dear Thirsty Ladies and Luke, I am a Bumble guy. I love Bumble because one of the main things I look for in a woman is a good conversationalist. So a few months ago, I matched with this girl. And right off the bat, great conversation. It was smooth smart, and funny. We texted back and forth for a month and would text for hours on end. We got to know each other really well. I felt the most intense connection and I really developed strong feelings for her. Fast forward, month number two, we decided to finally just go on an actual date. I know not the best thing to do during a pandemic, but I just had to see her. So we went to dinner and literally crickets, nothing. The banter we had went from 100 to zero in person. I chalked it up to first date jitters and asked her out on a second date. Sadly, it was still the same thing. She could barely hold up her end of the conversation. I asked questions and all I would get back were one-line answers. I did not ask her out on a second date because it was such a disappointment. Ladies, help me. What happened? Was I asking the wrong questions? Did I completely misread the connection? What should I do to avoid this next time? Super confused, Mr. Deldel. Hmm.
3: That's a tough one. I feel bad mm. for the guy. I've, I've, I've had that kind of thing where it's uh, in a, not in like a dating context, but in a like just a friendship context that the woman is like very chatty online. But when you're in person, it's like the shyest person and probably means she's an introvert. Um, That's, that's like the biggest thing I would say. Number two, it could be she didn't feel safe around you. That's a huge uh, barrier for conversation as well for a lot of women. Number three, I don't I like, I don't know if, if this guy was asking questions based off of the conversation that you were having on bumble. If you weren't, I would just revisit something that, that, you were talking about on Bumble because if you're trying to find new conversation, that might be a challenge. But if you're continuing what she was so chatty about finding the passion that she was sharing on in your text conversation, that might've been a, a better way to open up. Again, I don't know if, if this guy was doing that. I would hope he, he would have, or, or like fallen back on that because you already know what her opinions are. Um, but finding something that, that she was passionate about would have, uh, been very beneficial. I think.
2: Hmm. How
1: would you
2: be your advice? I don't know. This is a tough one. I always think the first date is the main, like, you can tell, right, chemistry. But they always say, like, wait the second or third date. Like, give people a chance. Uh, <laughs> try. <laughs> try again. <laughs> um, I don't think you're asking the wrong question. Sometimes people just take a bit of time. Like, I'm one that takes a lot of time to open up. Like I think yeah. in the first few dates you would never even really understand me until maybe the second month. So yes. <laughs> patience yep. is key,
1: right? But but were okay. you
3: would you at least talk or would you just not just not open up personally about yourself?
1: Oh, I would talk. I would talk. I think that either. this girl's
3: not even talking.
1: Yeah, I think she was <laughs>
2: Hey, well, you're
3: chatty. I don't think you'd have a problem talking uh, to him.
2: I'm trying to be nice to this guy and this girl. Give them a chance. I am chatty.
1: I think the only way I can give though is how to avoid it next time is, again, when you're texting somebody, there's a lot of time this person can think. So mm-hmm. she could properly plot out every single answer. Try a phone call. <laughs> then you'd get an actual real life, like how it would be, the exchange would be in person. Um, maybe that's how you could avoid next time, but zoom call, zoom, Zoom something.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did did FaceTime calls in the pandemic, I hated it. I
2: oh, really? What's your experience? Um, my
3: experience with zoom calls on dates, I I get so tired from them, like, I get burnt out. So, by the time I'm actually talking to them at like nine o'clock at night, yeah, 30 minutes in, I'm dead tired, but I could be on a date for three hours, like, it really. Realistically, mm. so I, I realized that Facetime and Zoom dates wouldn't work for me.
2: Yeah, mm. I've Or at least on like a first call. date.
3: <laughs> a phone call. I hate phone calls.
2: You hate phone calls. Yeah, oh, I like a wow. phone I'm, I'm like
3: an in person or or really just shoot me a text kind of person.
2: Oh, mm. texts are in person. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Very okay. extreme. Mm. Okay, so I guess let's start out with our. We need your expertise, Luke. What is the best way to start a conversation with someone you're like kind of romantically interested in? Oh,
3: I've based done this a lot and I failed a lot. Technical. Oh, based on podcasting?
2: Yeah, like how do you soften up your guests? Like, And how can we apply that into
1: real life? or dating lives. Date yeah, yes. with,
3: with podcasting, I always ask like a, a fun first question. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, it's who's one person dead or alive that you'd like to have over for dinner? And what would you cook for them? Like, it's a very simple warm-up question that puts them in a thought of like thinking into the past, thinking a little bit creatively. I've shifted that to now, how are you showing up today? Because it puts them in an immediate self-reflective mode. So I feel like those are two heavy questions for uh, a first date um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. So how would I get, I think it's really important to go in knowing interests. I find that like, on all the dates I was doing before the pandemic and during the pandemic, I I realized I was talking a lot because women were interested in what I was doing, but I was trying mm-hmm. to I was trying to ask them questions and then I've, they don't really like to talk about themselves too much. Like is what I've is what I found too early on, and so I was yeah. trying to dig for information about their family, about their future, about a lot of those things, and. Personally, my experiences with it is that I I think that's a little bit overwhelming on on a first date, all the questions that I ask. And and I've learned and and talked about with some people how I need to be less of a podcaster in my <laughs> on my dates because it, it can be intense. Uh, it can be I lean in a lot to the conversation I'm having on the podcast. And that body language on a date isn't as friendly to a woman at all times. So yeah. it's actually been an interesting contrast of don't be a podcaster on a first date like right
2: one <laughs> that,
1: that's also that's also Possibly. i think a problem yeah um, right because i whenever, honestly i ask a billion questions and i love yeah. it and when okay. people ask me a billion questions i love it too
3: see yeah. if, if if i was asked a billion questions which sometimes i am like actually not even a nah sometimes they just ask me a lot more questions mm-hmm. because i do have a lot going on and i I guess mm. people find that interesting, um, but I agree with you, Bea, That uh, I just haven't found the right person because I, I do believe mm. in my heart that the right—I don't have to change myself for the right person. There's yeah. things I can do to alter and, and have some success, but fundamentally, me will still be me.
1: Yeah. So, okay, how about growing a connection? Do you think that a conversation? A, just by a conversation with no physical contact is it possible to grow an intimate connection hmm. i mean now yeah. it's during the pandemic right we have no choice there is no intimate contact yeah
2: um, oh i miss <laughs> I,
3: <missed that. laughs> I i think that's dependent on the person for me yeah. i really need so my two love languages that i am I think I have that. I'm pretty sure like 99% of my heart believe I have our physical touch and quality time. And those are the two things that have been taken away in the pandemic. So I was at the beginning of the pandemic, I was talking to a woman for about three months and I was trying to propose like, uh, not propose in marriage, but propose the idea of going on like, ber- like walking dates or like something outside or something that where we could at least see each other, like Grocery socially shopping. distanced. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so- like literally anything, something where I could see her, um, not on the, not on like a photo or or mm-hmm. anything like that, and actually just try to get to know her and hear her voice because she didn't like to do phone calls and she didn't like to do Facetime, and yeah. I would have okay. liked to do that at that point because we were talking for a month, two months, but she didn't, she wasn't interested at all in that, oh. and so I literally, I learned a lot about myself and what my boundaries are in that time, and so mm-hmm. I remember ending it being like. Listen, these are things I need because I need physical touch and I need quality time, and I'm not getting those right now. But you're also not giving me phone calls and like the idea that we're ever going to meet. So I'm going to end this because I know what I want and I believe in my heart what I want. So I, I ended it, and I was just like, I don't think it's going to work out long term if, mm. if, uh, if we're not if we're not if you're, if we're being too stubborn about what what our needs are right now.
2: So basically now everyone's just being intentional, right? Yeah. Like it's just don't waste any time. Don't you know filter on NBS and, and just go straight to the point, right?
3: Yeah. And I've always done that, whether it's in, you know, I'm talking to someone and I say I'm not looking for a relationship and maybe just casual or I, I ask really early what the intentions are so that we know that we're aligned or not. And for me, yeah. I'm actually taking – 20 the year of 2021 off dating apps because I was um, like I I honestly just want to be back in person and until then I think my personality I think who I am works a lot better in person. Yeah. And there is like that negative self-esteem that comes with being on dating apps and not getting all the matches or not getting all the likes or not getting all the the comments and and that does play to a man's confidence and self-esteem which I don't think we talk about enough.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it feels like we're going back to old-school courtship of relationships. Do you, does it feel a little bit like that? I don't know.
1: <laughs> mm. What do you both think? You can go. In the sense of people aren't having sex, I guess, yes. That's very <laughs> old-school. You have to like really butter each other up and get to know each other before the culminating activity. That's, that's pretty old-school. I'm going to shed a tear. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um... What do you think?
3: I don't know if we're getting old school. I think it is nice to to have that that barrier of physical contact at times, at least in the in the sexual sense. But I I mean I don't know. I, I don't know if it really is changing all that much. A lot of people are now so sick and tired of the pandemic that they're just gonna go out and do what they want. Um I I think it's important. I've always thought it's important to wait. Uh, if you're in a relationship to see if you really like each other. And Mm -hmm. I, I do have a personal belief that not very many, uh, successful relationships are ever built off a hookup. There are some out there for sure, but I I don't think it's possible to do that.
1: Okay. Yeah. You're a special one. Yeah, thank you. So, a friend of ours said, I agree. I found myself in hosting mode also when I go out with people. So, don't be a host and don't be a podcaster on your first date. I (laughs) Um, disagree. (laughs) What? You want to be a host on your first date, Maya?
3: I think it's so. I think the energy is a lot different when it comes from a a woman, Uh, like of of asking all the questions, because a guy will feel really good about himself if he's asked a lot of questions, because we're not asked questions like too much a lot of the a lot of the pressure at least in north america is that the man chooses the date he sets up the first date he does a lot for the first date he asks all the questions very rarely i would say is that energy expected to be returned Mm. the first date is really about okay does the woman want to have a second date so the guy does everything he can to impress her for to get a second date the the pressure isn't really on and like unless they actually like truly like each other but if it's just like a f- first date from Tinder, I would say that there's, like, I would love to be sat down and be asked question on question on question about my life by a woman. And I don't, I don't think it's as special for a woman because like, that's just what's expected.
1: I I think it's pretty much the same here, but I do think that men here get intimidated. Don't you think they have you gone on a date and then we just bombard them with questions and they kind of just I've never back dated. Back i I've never dated good. a
2: Filipino man.
1: Let's go. Oh, okay.
2: Have I? I can't. Oh, maybe I have. I don't know. I'm sure you have. <laughs> not Just officially. Always it. misguided. <laughs> never really a date. More like a hangout. Hangout. <laughs> okay.
1: So, speaking of dates, Luke, for you as a guy, what are the topics that women shouldn't ask you about on a date? Like, what should we not touch on?
3: I don't think there's anything. I, that's just the way I work is I don't think there should be anything off limits. I, I am very open on a first date. I'm asking about future career. I'm asking about kids. I'm asking about like why waste so much time to figure out if your morals, your values and your expectations in life aren't matched. So I've been like, you know, this woman is a perfectly fine woman, but clearly we're not aligned. And I know what I want in, in my life in 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the line. So if we're not aligned on that on a first date, I mean, I, why invest in that whole situation ever? So I don't think that there should be much off limits. Would I be, ever be offended by a question? I don't think I would ever be offended Here, by a question. What about person. this question? Uh,
1: there. Or there.
2: Really, oh. can I ask about money? How about body count? <laughs> body count. Money and body count. Yeah,
1: basically, how much do you make? How many people have you had
3: sexual relations <laughs> with? I'm, People ask that, so, so I mean, I would be completely open about it for me oh, because yeah? if they ask me those questions and they care, that's a huge red flag for me. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm like, ask me any question because mm-hmm. the the same response that you have to my to my answer is probably the same red flag that you're trying to look for in me. So in terms of money, you know, I don't make the great greatest amount of money, but I am. 24 years old. I'm not expected to make, but in the future, I plan to make a lot of money, but m- money isn't the fundamental importance of my life in terms of body count. Like, I don't know if, if you're fine with these questions being asked back to you, then you can feel free to ask them. And if you care about the answer and how much money or how much, how many people I've slept with, then that I wouldn't probably want to date them. <laughs> that That's just like how I see it.
2: Yeah. That's a good filter. It's a good filter system. But I like for me, I always think it's about the delivery. Like you can ask about these questions, but be very diplomatic on how you ask. Like don't yeah. sure. ask how much you yeah. earn. <laughs>
1: but yeah. Like, yeah. but it's, it's kinda odd though to ask on a first date. But <laughs> I am a strong believer that everything can be made into a joke. Like anything. Yeah. yeah. So it's all about charm.
2: I love yeah. that we have three different styles here. Like charm, uh, diplom- diplomacy, Dipl- and then yeah. yours is like just say anything so that it fil- yeah. filters everyone. I
3: mean, yeah, the the importance is like how you set up the question. It, it is yeah. really key. But if they if, if they ask like directly how much I make right now that's a way different question than like, what like what is the emphasis you put on money? And I think a better question would be, you know, what are you trying to do with your career? Are you trying to rise? Or are you trying to stay the same? Like that might be a better way to find out where their interests are in terms of money.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, our friend says, love me some money though. Okay. Thank you so much. And Kat says, that's good. And then we had one Uh, Comment here a while ago. That's true. It's so much better when there's genuine reciprocation of the communication when on a date. That is true. That's what we're trying to teach here. Hopefully, you guys learned something. Okay. Okay, This is a question I have for you, both of you, because this is problematic. How do you sustain good conversation for months and months or until lockdown ends? Like, we don't, I don't know if it's lockdown there, Luke, but here it's going, it feels like it's Mm going to be again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, how do you sustain good conversation? Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, that's a challenge that I face all the time too. Now, it's always good to go back to the same content. It's always great to like play, like risk, risk sending something new, risk asking a different question. I'm just a really curious person. So that doesn't really, it's not really a problem with me, but I sustain great conversations with a lot of my friends. And I think one thing that we do a lot is. We, we put too much emphasis on the the conversation itself, like that it has to be intense when we're trying to get to know someone. It could just be sending TikToks for a day. It could just be like <laughs> sending memes for a day. It doesn't always have to be filled with depth. Um, this is a problem that I've had in my, some of my friendships is like, Luke, you're always focused on having like deep conversations. Sometimes we just don't want to have those. Like I've actually had that from different friends before. Sometimes it can just be, that and i I think one of the important things and i I read about this on reddit yesterday and i couldn't agree more is how do you know a a relationship is on its on the right track is if you're able to have comfortable silence with each other comfortable silence is like a huge sign of like togetherness and intimacy and i think it's underrated in in terms of of conversation
1: yeah yeah I mean, the silence is cute. This it just doesn't translate through text messaging, though. Yeah, that's uh, true. That's the true. silence could be not
2: replying for a few hours, which is completely okay. Like I think so many women. We I don't disagree. know. Disagree.
1: I'm a quick replier, and I like a time. Sure response. you are.
2: Though. But this is the thing: some women get so panicky that they don't get a response right away. Oh, uh, oh yes. yes. Mm. So my my thing is an awkward, a, a comfortable silence could mean that you don't reply after a few hours and it's okay or you could say like hey i'm gonna be working or i'm gonna do a marathon i won't reply
1: you know what i mean like i think that's that's more of confidence period you have to come from a very in- i mean i don't know what why you'd be freaked out by somebody not replying for two hours i think that stems more more beyond comfortable with silence right yeah, yeah.
2: luke are you uh, do men freak out about these things or just women do Uh, depends on
3: the conversation. Like if we're having like an intense conversation and she's not responding quickly, I'll be like a little bit more on edge, but a lot of it, I just set boundaries. I mean, people are adults. They have work to do. They have things that come up, they have a lot of issues. So create boundaries about your conversation is, is a huge one. Um, I I think guys get some, I don't know. I have a really, I have a pretty secure group of guy friends, so it's, it's hard for me to to say, and I have a pretty secure group of, of girlfriends too.
1: <laughs> yeah. I agree with this too. Be curious. Listening is key. And like what Luke said, I believe I, I agree with the keep things fun and light. Doesn't have We don't have to talk about <laughs> what will happen 20 years from now. Or how to be so, solve global warming. You know, it can be just n- nice and light and keep it fun. Yeah, Less another pressure. thing
3: that's really fun is doing like um, the love language tests or like the uh, you can do. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> the,
1: what have you guys done? What are thirty-five questions
3: for done? for love? I forget. 30, what the,
1: 36 questions to fall in love. Yes. Yeah. yeah 36 <laughs> questions
3: to fall in love.
1: we like, You can
3: yeah. you can ask a question every day. To spark yeah. some some conversation, I, I did that once of of uh, just asking like one question a day and and seeing where the conversation goes. There there's there's prompts out there, people. It's it shouldn't be that hard to have like a conversation. You can literally start with how was your day, and mm-hmm. uh, if they if they're honest and they communicate how their day was, then it gives you a lot of stuff to go off of. I don't know. I've never struggled with asking questions. <laughs>
0: Thirsty and thirty. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Just a quick little break here. I'm Bea and I want to know what you think about the conversation and what you've heard so far. So message us on Instagram.com thirstyand30. And if you are enjoying the conversation, follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Thirsty and Thirty, so that you never miss an episode that is relevant to your thirties. So now let's go back to the conversation. Thanks. Thirsty and 30 yeah See,
2: that's the main lesson here like you were saying don't be a podcaster but i think to sustain a good relationship and to grow it like i think you have to be good at asking questions and when to feel when to ask the right question
1: right i guess it's uh-huh. a balance so you don't want to go under your first date and be like a be in a job interview right mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. balance is key. so speaking of communicating um, Bea and Luke, do you both think that there's such a thing as over communicating with your partner?
2: <sighs> go on. Bea, <Yeah>, I'll <laughs> let you go first. Oh, me. All right, all right. Guess first. Are you on? Okay,
3: to I, I can go. I guess. Go, go. go. Um, oh, for, this is a this is a question that I've had myself. So it, it's more about uh, vulnerability. Can you be over vulnerable? Can you overshare? I am someone that believes that you should be sharing everything in your life with your partner um now it do i just bring it up like no it would be based off a question based off like a a series of questions because i'm not going to just spew my mind everything that's happened since i was child from childhood
1: mm-hmm.
3: but i don't think there is oversharing i but i do think that you should be clear in that your partner isn't there to solve all your problems for one. And two, that partner can't solve every problem. So they need to know what is kind of going on in your head, but you have to say, listen, like this isn't something that you can help me with. Maybe you have to go to a guy friend. Maybe you have to go to a different friend. Maybe you have to go to a specific person to get that help. But I, I do think you should be communicating a lot with your Partner, so I, I don't think there's a th- such thing as oversharing, but I think there's there's healthy sharing for sure.
2: Okay, I feel like there is overcommunication and oversharing if you're not interested in the person. <laughs> well, isn't this a, is this
1: so- a partner? No.
2: No, that's yeah, not.
1: No, the with oh, your, part your
2: partner. Okay, well, I've been in that situation where there was oversharing. I think when it comes to infidelity, there can be such a thing as oversharing. So, I mean, I've been in a situation where um, my ex just shared every single detail of his. Um, what do you call that? Uh, he,
1: was, he was a sketchy one, wasn't
2: he? Uh, interesting, ch- like his his uh, concubines. What do you call concubines? <laughs> oh sure, yeah. AKA yeah. Move, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, basically new soulmate. He always fell in love with someone. He's a Scorpio. I don't know if you guys believe in that, but uh, he always had a love for every woman. Um, and I think that's a thing as oversharing of overcommunication. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: That's true. I th- Maybe I, I won't you know it until be, I've had it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah, I yeah. also think some people can be too nitpicky about every little detail of your relationship. I, th- I I think there's such a thing as over-communicating. There are things that you know you don't really have to mention anymore or you just end up stirring the pot if it's not even a big deal. But I don't know. That could be me. Um, as long as there's like of, a genuine
3: curiosity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You mentioned about um, vulnerability a lot. Can you explain like how how men aren't usually comfortable communicating emotions i think i fall under that category i'm not really very comfortable how do you be comfortable and how do you get your partner to be comfortable sharing mm-hmm. their vulnerabilities
2: yeah
3: um so i think it's just always been in me i don't feel like it's uh something I've trained. I mean I train it now now that I know I have it, but I think like that vulnerability side was always in me. but I truly believe in leading with vulnerability. So if I want people to be vulnerable, I need to be vulnerable. that that's the basic line of how you want people. if, if you want people to open up, you have to open up. And I think those are the best people that those are the best therapists. You know, there's a, there's a great therapist, uh, John Kim goes by the angry therapist on social media is fantastic. And the reason I love him so much is because he opens up about his own shit more than he opens up about anything else. And, and that to me is a huge sign of a leadership. And that's how I prefer leadership is, you know, for example, when we talk about startup communities and a founder going through failure, I don't give a shit about failure. Like everyone fails. How did that failure make you feel? how did that fail? What was your response to failure? How much shame did you feel with that failure? I could care less about failure because everyone fails. It's an emotion. Like we don't have a problem with knowing that we failed. We have a problem with processing the emotions that come from those things. So for me, I believe in leading with vulnerability. I was a residence life Don in uh, my fourth year of university, which just means I was on a, I was a senior on the floor with first years. And I said, my first year experience sucked like absolute garbage. So I need you as a floor, as a community, to own this year and make sure that you don't have the year that I had, and I I was open about my my frustrations with the first year, about the the problems that might arise, and I communicated those with with those uh, twenty one students, and they took that ownership and they took that vulnerability and they led with it and they carried it forward throughout the rest of the year. I've never seen any issues in my life arrive realistically because I was vulnerable. And with my podcast, I mean, I'm asking people to be vulnerable all the time. And sometimes I just have to say, you know, this is how I think about this exact question. And I'll share something deep within myself or something that allows them to feel like, okay, I'm not going to get judged for this response. I'm not going to get judged for this answer. So I think that's a huge one is, is leading with it. And then two is communication. Like we as a generation suck at communication. Like absolutely, I think we're atrocious at it for, for a lot of, um, a lot of it. And, and the reason why, the reason why there's so much pain after a hookup is because typically those two people like each other and they just, they just don't know what to do next. Like they, they're like, Oh, I really like this guy. Um, but I don't think he'll like me. He'll he'll think I'm too needy. The guy will really like her, but he's worried that all the guys in his life will think he's too needy or too much of a simp, or or she's not attractive enough, or or whatever these terms are. And a lot of it comes down to just being vulnerable and and being, um, yeah, just leading with vulnerability. That that's like the whole perspective that I have on it. I love,
1: I love that like, leading with vulnerability.
2: Yeah, because I think one of the biggest like besides us sucking at uh, communication. I think one of the biggest issues also of our generation is we can't take feedback well. Like, we don't embrace it. And being vulnerable is being honest with your feedback. Like, let's say you hook up and, I don't know, you you want to say you like the person, but you're afraid to because who's going to say it first, right? Um, yeah. And I think that's what stops people from progressing in the relationships because we don't know how to do the whole push and pull between two people i don't know it's a challenge (laughs) so how do we make it easier i know you have to go soon luke you got 10 minutes yeah tell us how can we make it easier for the entire generation (laughs) in 10 minutes
3: (laughs) how can we make it easier for the entire generation that's a tricky one it's, it's actually something I think about quite a bit and I've been talking about with friends quite a bit how do we get people to communicate I mean I think it starts with parenting for one I think my parents have been pretty good my entire life uh, with allowing us to be open but not necessarily that we have to be open with them like just live a life of openness it doesn't have to be with them because they know that they're parents. But be open with others. Be open with your friends. Find. I've always valued deep friendships, and and if I think that something's too superficial, I don't really consider them a friend. No, and I think we throw around the word friend way too loosely sometimes. Um, yeah. With, with how we see people, it's it's really hard. I think one of, one of my favorite mantras is. Um, just because your feelings are valid doesn't make them right. And I think that's something that a lot of people in our generation need to understand is that feelings are just feelings. Like there's validity to your feeling, but is that really the right feeling to be having? Like always question your feelings, always question your feelings because it doesn't, most of them come from assumptions. Most of them come from anxiety. Most of them come from thinking about something that doesn't actually exist. Mm-hmm. So yes, being angry, it's a valid response to something, but that doesn't make it the right response. Being sad about something, is it's a valid feeling, but is it right to be feeling sad? And what we do so much is we replay and we assume so much what people are thinking. We assume so much about how that situation is happening that we don't just like, ask the question, like, how did this make you feel? Are you angry at me? Can we have a conversation about this? So we, we live so much of our lives in our own mind because we're, we have like no self-esteem. Like uh, for someone, for a generation that talks about how much self-love they have, I, I see the exact opposite. I see so many people questioning their own worth. I see so many people questioning the responses, questioning the love that they get from their friends and I think that's where a lot of this lack of communication comes from is that they don't feel secure in who they are. And so they're, therefore they're like questioning everything. But if you're secure with, and I've, I'm not talking like a pro here. I've I've been through all this. I'm still going through it. It's something I go through every day. But if you're secure with who you are, you just ask the question and whatever their response is, it shouldn't realistically phase you. And you should take power away from feelings um, and, and emotion. And that's kind of how I see the whole puzzle connect, is if you're secure with who you are, if you take power away from your feelings, and if you question your feelings, then uh, then you'll be open to feedback, you'll be open to communication, you'll be open to all these things because most of that fear comes from thinking or assuming what they're going to say or assuming how they feel when having the, the actual answer or having the actual conversation. It sounds like a lot of hard work and it is hard work, but it's the only thing that you'll get the answer from. So, I mean, I, I talk to people all the time about, you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm so worried about what they're going to say. I'm like, well, you're, you're only going to know what they say when you ask them the question mm-hmm. and it might not be as bad, nearly as bad as what you're thinking right now. So if you want, if you want to solve the problem, confront it. And, and I think we run away from those problems too much.
1: We do run away from fear, and guys, let's not forget: fear is the path to the dark side. Hmm.
2: Okay, so here, Cat uh, um, shared something here. So easy to say I'm secure, but the path to actually being secure is so grueling. True, it true. It's
1: true. It's a true. challenge,
3: and it's it is a constant challenge. And I had a conversation on episode sixty three about this this whole process, and it, it had to do with masculinity and men's rights and and masculinity work like working on yourself and and the reason so many people so many men run to not all men is it's it's an insecurity it's a lot harder to to do the work and put in the work of trying to say you know i'm going to help other men become better i'm going to become better because self-work is inherently hard and it's inherently Mm -hmm. easier or harder than than going to find a group that already agrees and confirms what you already what you believe So why, if there's groups out there that believe or have the same belief or fundamental belief as you, why not go to them when you know that's the wrong, you actually know, like your conscious tells you that you know that that's the wrong decision, but you don't put in the self-work to become better because one is easier than the other. And that's kind of how I see a lot of this conversation. Like it is really hard to become secure and it comes from spending time with yourself which is one of the hardest things to do, no phone, no nothing, literally just yeah. ask yourself questions and about about your own security. Two yeah. like it you know, body image is a huge thing. You're you're taking all these messages from society about what determines worth. Three, I've never dated anyone before. People, I used to find that a huge insecurity because people would ask me like why haven't I've been asked this question on many first dates is like how have you been single so long? And I'm like, because I'm interesting. I'm like funny. I have a good job. I I do all these things. And I say, like, I don't know. I just, to me, I just haven't found the right one. But I've had some girls put worth on me because I've never been in a relationship. Mm. And I'm like, okay, if you're asking this question of why I haven't been single and you're asking it from a genuine curiosity and you give me all these compliments, like, why don't you want to be my girlfriend? Because then they, they'll, say no the, they'll say no the next day, right? So, like, where, where's the disconnect there with, with all of that?
2: <laughs> you
1: know,
2: that That's just, right. The disc, We're trying to avoid the disconnects here, but mm-hmm. I know you have to go soon, but I have to ask my favorite question, right? Yes. What is love for, for you, Luke?
3: So I don't know. That's a that is a tough question. My parents have been married for 35 years. Something around there. Something in the in the mid-30s. And I look at their relationship and I'm like, that is mostly what I want. Like what they have is is very much what I want. But I think love is I want to be a power couple. Like I wanna I wanna hustle. I want to have a wife that hustles or build something with me. That's really important to me. Love is having that that silence that intimate silence together when you're just two people in a room love is knowing your boundaries and communicating your boundaries very clearly very openly and respecting them not just like communicating them actually respecting them love is seeking out adventure together love is a lot of things but i think at the end of the day love is just i say this too you'll never be able to accept the love other people have for you if you don't love yourself first because if you don't love yourself if you're not secure with who you are you have a lot of questions about the love that other people can have for you or the value of that love and so you can you can say that people love me of course but you don't fully understand the extent to the, how much they love you because you don't love yourself so there's always that insecurity there's always you know this could all end like i don't trust them or they don't actually love me so once you're secure in that that I- I freeze a bit
1: yeah a little bit now you're good okay yeah yeah
3: um yeah so as long as that that is there that you're secure with who you are that you love yourself you'll always be able to to embrace the love that your partner has for you and so I think that is is really important that two people in a relationship focus on the love that they have for themselves and always encourage that in themselves too yeah that's
2: a
1: good one I like thank that.
2: Thank you, Luke. You are one of a kind. Definitely, lead with vulnerability as my main takeaway from this. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank See, you for you having takeaways.
1: me. Is that your main takeaway, Bea? Is that your main? Well, lesson we have, have
2: way go? more, but I know Luke has to go. So oh yes. No, no. Him.
3: Take another ten minutes. I don't care.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, okay, so work. we do. We are wrapping up, and usually, Luke, we end with um, because Bea, we always call ourselves blind leading the blind. So every episode, we become less blind. So Bea, tell me, what did you learn today?
2: Wait, before, I know that we're jumping to takeaways, but the one thing I wanted to bring up is, okay, I feel like, I want to ask you, what are the inhibiting factors of people not being able to communicate well? Because for me, number one is like, we don't know our blind spots. We keep going with certain dates and then you don't know your own blind spots, like whether, what's an example of a blind spot? Yeah, being insecure is a blind spot, right? Being too controlling is a blind spot. But what do you guys think stops people from having good conversation?
3: Hmm.
2: I
1: don't even know what my blind spot is. <laughs> You're like, I'm perfect. I
3: think, I think I'm pretty aware of my blind spots. Um, I, I come from a family, not where like flaws are um, talked about a lot, but they are highlighted like in terms of your personality and those can either be insecurities or they can be something that you decide really early on that you need to look at and you need to understand within yourself. So I do believe it's important to communicate those to your children or your partner or, or whatever blind spots those are. But in terms of communication, you know, it's really important to take the feedback from your friends because your, your friends will tell you the blind spots that that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what inhibits communication is just we're so scared of the judgment that will come. Mm-hmm. I think, Agreed. and yeah. and of actually saying what's on our hearts. For me, I learned probably four years ago that uh, my body will tell me very clearly if I need to say something. Like it will tell me really clearly because my heart will start beating out of my chest, and it and I'm like not running or anything. It will just be like i i actually can feel my heart telling me to say something and i'm not mm-hmm. sure if that is something for anyone else but it, that came from listening to my body in times of like anxiety is mm-hmm. okay i need to say this like this isn't a an option for me and if i back down or if i don't say it i'll be ashamed and I, I'll, I'll be kind of regretful of, of not asking this question. So I think a lot of it comes down to the judgment of what that other person will respond with, which again, comes back to the the security that you have within yourself. It comes back to setting those boundaries and, and setting those boundaries and clear expectations and guidelines of what communication looks like in your relationship. So it should never be a bad thing that your partner points out your weaknesses or your or how they can see you become better because in the in the long run they they're saying that out of the intention that you as a partnership as a relationship will become better not because of their attacking you. So always assume good intent and always have those clear boundaries of communication and I think they'll feel more comfortable to share. Mm, and also I'm yeah. blind leading the blind too Being on dates. I've never like had a successful relationship and I'm 25 years in or 24 years <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying I'm 25 this week, but I'm 24 years in and I've learned a lot from watching my parents, my friends, my friends, failures, my friends successes. Um, and you know what they say? Coaches don't play.
1: Coaches <laughs> don't play. True. <laughs> wow. This wow, part made me that. think about, I mean, I know I have blind spots. I know. I just <laughs> can't figure them out. I mean, I'm not delusional. I'm not perfect. That's my <laughs> project for the week. Figure out what my blind spots are. Um, mm. I also okay, have yeah. a good
2: exercise before we mm. wrap up to our commandment and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I would say rather than thinking about the judgment or like he doesn't like me enough or he won't like me, you know, or he or she, just try to swap it to a more positive thing. If that person doesn't reply to you or says something offensive, then they're not the right person for you. Just yeah. swap it because I, I know women worry so much if the guy is really into them. Just... Take it as, like, you're not into them if they respond this way.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that kind of takes us back to our guest last week. Ferdy said rejection is a good filter. Um, I guess yeah. That.
2: yeah, and questions are good filters. Okay, we'll, we'll go to our commandments. So we instead of takeaways today, right, Sherry? Oh, right, we're good. We, okay. We can do takeaways. But my the main thing is we, ha- we put together a few, like, top seven commandments. And feel mm-hmm. free to add in anything if you – what do you think – if it could be extended, so number one, banter sets the tone. You guys, what, is this it? like
3: agree or or disagree or what?
2: Oh, it, you can extend. You can agree. agree. You can disagree. Yeah, <laughs>
3: banter's pretty good.
2: Okay, yeah. be less self-conscious, more intentional and in, intuitive. Yeah,
1: agree. Agree.
2: Okay, you're just good. I hope you guys agree. We're too both. All. Just <laughs> master the art of charm or charisma which i don't even know the difference what's the difference of charisma and charm disagree Uh, i agree
1: i love i'm a believer in charm i love trying people how come i'm so curious why why luke yeah
3: uh charisma is something that naturally comes to a lot of people i think if -hmm. you're going to master anything master um intimacy and romance um, and I'd say those are probably more well-rounded because romance is specific to the individual that you're going to be a partner with. Um, so like more like learn to be, learn their way of, of romance. And I think that's, that will get you further than charisma.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, know your blind spots, which obviously we already, I think My we homework. all
1: agree. It's my yeah.
2: yep. We all agree, right? Number five, approach every conversation with an open and positive mindset. Should we play positive all the time? What do you guys think? Optimistic. <laughs> optimistic. But, yeah, optimistic. Okay. Yeah. okay. Number six, be curious about the other person. Oh,
3: this is oh 100%. That should be like number <laughs> two. 200%. Mm-hmm.
2: And other topics in the world, too. Not just the person. Don't be obsessed with just the person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, okay last one it's led by you be vulnerable
1: yes my other homework <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah
2: all right but um, I, yeah. I
3: i Bay, i wanted to disagree with one of your things that you said earlier that once sure. once someone says something you should just cut them off um <laughs> if, if you didn't like it that is i think that's a huge barrier to the other person as well when it comes to if you're trying to build something and you're actually into them yeah you, you'd hope if only get rid of them if you bring it up and they make fun of you or reject what you're saying. I would say like that would be the sign that uh, they're not for you is if you bring up the problem and they like turn it down as, as not being a thing.
1: Hmm.
2: Oh my gosh. So much we, wisdom from a 25 we, year old. I can't understand. I know.
1: We learn our communication.
2: <laughs> we need to write a, a dating book or a guidebook to match. I do. No. You, you really do. Like uh, one of those, like.
1: Can you be like a consult next time I go and talk to a boy? Consult and listen. I have. You're not being uh,
2: vulnerable enough, Sherry.
3: Sometimes I I helped a friend through her relationship advice the other day, and and I, I said I don't think the problem's with the guy. I think the problem's with you, and she didn't like that very much.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we always say like, that. I said
3: this this conversation's holding up a mirror to you, and uh, you don't like what's in the mirror. And then yeah. she admitted to that fact that I was right.
2: Hmm. Okay, we Thanks, need more <laughs>
3: I'm very blunt. Some people don't like it, so luckily, oh. all the friends I have in my life are okay with that. Now they've accepted it.
1: Okay,
2: Good. thank you, Luke. Oh. Uh, I thank think we need me. to go. Um, we need to go before you go. Actually, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't even speak the last I sentence. Know. But um, Shari, I don't want to skip your takeaways. What's your takeaway then?
1: <laughs> oh again, I just have two takeaways, my homework, be vulnerable and find my blind spots. I guess how we might take away. And guys, keep don't be pressured to have amazing conversation every single time. I think that's my main <laughs> takeaway. Don't be so pressured, have fun um, and just yeah. go with the flow. Yeah How uh, about No, uh,
2: be vulnerable. I think okay. that's the main yeah. thing. And, and the- everyone,
3: if you if you want to listen to two episodes, I have on dating thirty three and forty three of the imperfect pod, streamable everywhere. I do one with a guy and one with a woman, are uh, my age, so like twenty three year old dude and a twenty two year old girl. or um, we talk about a lot more detailed, specific uh, about like the first date experience? If you're if you're looking for guidance there.
2: And how do they reach out to you? What do you prefer? Uh, you can reach channel?
3: out to me on, on Instagram at the Imperfect Pod, or you can email me at Luke at theimperfectpod.com. Um, those are like the two best ways to get in contact with me. Great. And listen to thank my show.
1: You. We will. Everybody listen. So thank you, Luke, for joining us and sharing your insights and having meaningful on um, having meaningful. Corporate co- <laughs> Why am I tongue tied also on having a meaningful conversation? <laughs> Don't be tongue tied when you make conversation, guys.
2: And I All have you- to say yeah, go on. Luke.
3: I was gonna say you're very welcome, and if you're tongue-tied and like, don't get embarrassed of being tongue-tied. You know, like, uh, laugh. That's a chance to laugh it off. That's a chance yeah. to, to have some fun, create some banter.
2: I know. Do the tongue twisters before you do communication exercises. But really, Luke, uh, I really appreciate your wisdom today, and I will stop saying men are just men. I'll saying that. I'll say that adoringly. Men, Thank men. You. Yeah, men are different- men. Yeah, different. I, the, that
3: energy isn't uh, isn't helpful in the conversation. Guys have a lot of feelings and and communication about uh, women too, and I'm like guys, just it's life isn't as complex as it as you make it out to be. Sometimes it can be very simple and it can be very simplified. Um, yeah, and and I'll I'll never really understand it. So. Yeah, by all means. I was really happy to to share my opinions, my advice here today. I hope it helps one person. And uh, yeah, men, be more, my 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 podcast. The intent of it is to be a resource for men, but also a resource for women to help understand. Oh, my my resources, a my podcast, is a resource for men and women to understand both for men how to be like more vulnerable men, but also for women, how to communicate with men about the things in their lives. It's like some of the episodes are step-by-step processes of like insights to how men feel about a lot of things and using that to start conversations in their men's lives. So my podcast is for everyone, even though the theme and a lot of the guests are men, it is for women too.
2: Guys, date idea, drink whiskey or tea or coffee together with your um, significant other and listen to the podcast the Imperfect pod and talk about it. Because you know, yep. men can be vulnerable too, not just us. Yes. Um, so guys, stay tuned and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Instagram, and Twitter. Send us, of course, your um, success or failures of your love life. We're open to hearing both and thirstyand30.club. And we promise to keep you anonymous unless you don't want
1: to be, want to be anonymous.
2: And we do try to research and give you sound advice. We're not pulling this off our app. Ass
1: out of so out
2: of our out of your ass out of out of our asses. Of her so ass. One of them, I can't. Sorry, <laughs> I don't want to talk about my ass right now. <laughs> so we have a weekly newsletter called the Thirst Trap, which I'm gonna send you guys links to the imperfect mm-hmm. pod there, and just try to break down what we ha-
1: talked about here. And then um, and I did something. Tell them we did a we oh, made yeah. a list of 100 questions that you guys could actually, you know, a cheat sheet for you guys that you could ask during your virtual dates, virtual or whatever dates, you know?
2: It's, it can be useful. <laughs> That's just an amazing resource. Yeah, yeah, we'll send it to you just in case for your virtual dates. Um, yeah. Texting or face-to-face in the grocery. But, yeah, guys, don't read it out as number one. Number two, just try to be casual about it. <laughs> but if you guys get close, then maybe you can share the handout as well. So, yeah. um, until then, stay thirsty. Next week, we don't have a topic yet, but, we'll keep you guys posted thank you guys thank you bye thirsty
0: and 30. thank you again for listening to episode 27 date like a podcaster you know what sherry said it best be vulnerable know your blind spots have fun don't worry so much about being tongue-tied and if you are practice your tongue twisters that we learned when we were young If you enjoyed this episode, we have two tiny favors we'd like to ask from you. Follow us on Spotify and Apple or wherever podcasts are available. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Thirsty and Thirty. And if you want a deeper dive on our topics, subscribe to our weekly newsletter, thirsty30.substack.com that comes out every Sunday. This newsletter will definitely change your life and the way you see your relationship. Till then, stay thirsty.